And it, it's Sunday night, everybody. It's a beautiful, beautiful Sunday in Minnesota. The snow's melting. I heard some birds chirping, but I guarantee Strew's view is a lot better than ours. How's it going, Mark? It's going great. How are you? Yeah, Strew Man is on a sabbatical. What do you, is you call it a sabbatical? Yeah, I guess at his age. Is that a religious <laughs> undertones, Brandon? Sabbatical? That is a thing, yeah. You know, pastors or priests will take a sabbatical. Okay, but so it's not a sabbatical. It applies. Yeah, Strew is pretty. I don't know. He does do he, a little speaking at his church. He does church read on three time, like two or three times a week. So yeah. there you go. So it works. Yeah, he's doing a tour around Costa Rica. And, you know, I'm a little nervous because we all both know that Strew does about 90% of prep for shows. And yeah. Sam and I just kind of show up and, you know, we wing it. We cash the checks. We're the typical sales guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> typical sales guy. I'm, I'm betting these, these yeah. phone numbers are going to be accurate, though. Oh, they, yeah. That is true. Strew's not a details guy. We, uh, you know, it's uh, it works, though, right? We show up and yeah. just provide lighthearted entertainment and he's Stu does all the work we give him a bunch of crap and we love him to death he's like i hope a, he's staying yeah. out of trouble out there though i do have to do all the businessy stuff which isn't the fun yeah. stuff Stuart gets to talk to people but we have the pleasure of being joined by our good friend bill katz from katz covers bill how are you sir hey guys in the words of strew every day is a gift Aww. every day is a gift every day is a gift we could we could kind of dress you like strew and you could strut in here no. and take over <laughs> did you take the picture of brandon and the band yes i did oh did. you are you, you are true oh, oh, perfect. perfect he's probably listening from the cruise ship right now and just you just know he steaming. is he's probably like walking around trying to get signal yelling at the captain that he's trying to listen to the show so. yes so, i hope he enjoys it i hope he relaxes he he's he gonna will. have a great time I like it he he calls me billy boy good job billy boy billy good boy. job he does have trouble letting go, and that's why I love him because he's so involved and oh, yeah. does so much work. He's like, I'll line up all your guests. I got a guest host. I'll, I'll do, do the, the promos. promos. Yeah, I'm like, man, it's a, you do a great job of the promos, but enjoy your trip. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have to uh, have poor Diana out on the balcony doing a promo somewhere. <laughs> like, Which, just holding the camera. Yeah, holding the camera. Yeah. Uh, I love when, that she does it because she's she's really good at it. She yeah. understands like she does little scenic things. So it would have actually been enjoyable to see like their view because he got he upgraded and got a balcony room, which was nice. But I'm jealous, man. I'm sure they're enjoying it. But we're getting a little little warm weather. Looking in the upper fifties uh, uh, now Wednesday. Yeah, I saw like fifty seven or something. Yeah. Nice. I can tell you the snow is definitely melting out of my property, and it is becoming. A mud fest. I bet. So. You don't have seed yet on your yard. Nothing. So is it just sloppy? When are you going to seed? Um, Probably right away. Good thing you have about 10,000 sod farms around you. Exactly. Do you, do you have any resources there? Um, No. No, yeah. I, uh, I talked to my neighbor, Gary, who is really good friends with the, the Hoffmans. He's obviously he's lived there for 25 years. But I'm going to see if they'll come and seed it. Instead That's of good. doing the sod. Oh, that hydro, the hydro seeding you're talking about? No, because they're, they're a sod seeding. farm. Okay. They have probably 1,500 acres of sod farms. And I always watch them. You know, they come out, you know, they cultipack it, you know, level it, fertilize it, and seed it. And I'm like, well, you could just drive another 100 yards <laughs> and do the same thing. And I'll, you know, pay them. I bet trade them for something. It'll be a lot cheaper than sod. Up in the North Metro, you trade for oh, things. Yeah. You, don't, you don't pay cash. Dude, you barter. Store you barter. you got to have a, you know, a gun or something you could give them or something. My yes. middle name spare is deer. Horse Trader. you got a sport, spare deer running around there yeah. somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. But no, that's that's my goal. But you're, I did put, before the snow fell, I did put about 10 feet of rock in front of my uh, deck so that way I have a little bit of a 
escape from the mud. So you can walk from your car under rock onto your nice deck that you built? Yes. Nice. You have cameras. Are there deer running around? I saw on the outdoor news they were talking about how there's kind of a severe winter, not as severe as some others, but the cold, the long cold probably hurt the deer population. I have had a lot of deer. Yeah. Um, In fact, it's the most deer I've seen. Um, you say that every year, <laughs> and every year I don't shoot a deer on your property. Um, that's a valid point. <laughs> they know, say, they know that time of year, and they yeah. leave. Let's just change it up. This is the least amount I've seen. Let's see if this will help us. How about turkeys? Turkeys are coming. Turkeys are out. I uh, had uh, the other day, I looked out my uh, living room window, and there was about 35 turkeys, single file, walking right down my driveway. Yep. Um, so they're there. 35. That nice. seems count, like an I counted, I counted them. How many times? None. Um, yeah. 32. <laughs> I've seen probably 70 hens and jakes on your property. Yeah. No big toms yet. They're out there. We saw toms the first well, time yeah, we went. We ran after them and chased them <laughs> off. Remember those pictures I got, those huge tom where they like came in that road and fanned open? They like... Got all the hens to walk. I have pictures. Where we of it. tried to ninja and yeah. that didn't work so well. <laughs> and if we would have stayed, we would have. If I had a twenty-two, I would have nailed them. Oh yeah, we would each got one for sure. Yep. Uh, but yeah, turkeys are out. I saw a beautiful, beautiful pheasant the other day. Come, well, just kind of trotting through the woods. I have a ton of Did pheasant. Did it cackle? There. Yeah, you've heard them out there. There is yeah. so many pheasants out on this property. Have wow. you ever just walked it? You need a dog. But yeah. walked my property it, like yeah no like walked it with a gun to shoot a pheasant um i have not but i i can tell you i've walked it and flushed them and they scare the crap out of me every time yeah. but uh yeah but ton of deer um we put out a little corn and some stuff in the back uh and they come five o'clock every night and kids run to the oh, window kids love that nice kirsten once was driving the four-wheeler and counted uh like a herd of 20 some deer i was like really and i like put a camera and i think i texted you that picture there was like mm-hmm. a dozen deer eating on this nice. little corn pile well everyone we have a great show tonight uh we have guest bill katz and friend here we're going to talk a lot about the sports shows this weekend there were three big ones i got back from omaha at about three thirty or 4 o'clock today so i'm a little tired a little groggy it was a long, long drive, but uh, we're going to talk a lot about Pheasant Fest and that event. Sam went to two. I'm proud of you, Sam, for, for being our ambassador of uh, no sporting shows. I saw the sweet picture of an eagle on your shoulder. That was, yeah. I thought, really all right, he wasn't picture. on your shoulder. I thought he, no, we were promised to be on your shoulder. Him. Yeah, but. What happened with that? I'm pretty them sure. claws? No. I'm pretty sure. Well, he had him like chained and like leashed. I shouldn't say chained. He had him <laughs> leashed. To like <laughs> to have a ball, like a ball. Thank you, chain. Bill. Tethered. That's yeah, that's such tethered. a word of wisdom right there. That's a proper yeah. name. He was tethered to a stand. Yeah. And I, you're right, Bill. I did look at the claws and it would. Did he offer it or you No, said, but I'm pretty sure like six foot seven with to an eagle on Signed top of a me, liability form. That <laughs> would have been out of the picture frame. Honestly, <laughs> for the picture, it looked like it was stuffed. So I had to put, this is a live eagle. Everyone it, I showed it to, it was yeah. like, it's, it that's was, not real, yeah. but if, if it's a live photo. Yeah, you did send me that. Like, yep. picture. It, it, like screams. And it was a little nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie to you guys. So there was a big crowd of people. Intimidating. I, I didn't want to like just jump up there, but there was, I saw my Did moment. you say, do you know who I am? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, do you, I really? It's true. Do you, do you know who I am? No, I said, hey, John, you know, great having you on the show. He's like, oh, I'm glad you guys came by. And he goes, I owed you a picture. And he was charging everyone else for these pictures. Ooh. And he, you know, put me in front of the line. But there was like 40 people there. In line. 
and I he like walked up. I'm a foot away from this eagle, and it's turned around staring at me, like looking up at me and doing that like <laughs> whatever it was. That was a horrible impression of it. But <laughs> that sounded like a drunk <laughs> dolphin. <dude. Yeah. laughs> um, but I was a little okay. What is this thing doing? I didn't realize yeah. it was tethered. Thanks, Bill. Um, and then he just grabbed the wing and like swung it around. He goes, "That's yeah. how you turn an eagle." It was All pretty right. funny, but yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was beautiful. That thing was huge. Yeah, that's one of those birds that you don't realize how big they are oh until you're up on them right next to them. And he was like, kind of like, you know, stretching his wings a little bit. And man, that everyone thing back had, up when it opened six, up his seven, wings. No, everyone was like, seven Ooh. foot wingspan. Oh, huge. I could, yeah, probably. It was huge. But yeah. Was, was there proud to be an American playing in the background <laughs> the whole time? No, but he had a bunch of other stuff. But uh, yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Just on a loop. Yeah. Yeah, for real. No, it was, it was kind of a cool, uh, a cooler ordeal to get that picture and um he had he had probably 15 birds there and they were all on different little podiums and really cool stuff yeah if, nice. for those of you who want to know what the heck we're talking about listen to last last week's pod it was it last week yeah yeah, yeah. Last, last week last we week. had john on who's uh the birds of prey exhibit the raptor project raptor, rap, one of those raptor project was at the sports show and we had him on cool guy great story Check out the podcast if you missed last week's show. But um, So tonight we have uh, Tyler Webster on. Uh, we're going to have Rob Driesline on talking about the sports shows and all that. And we have Bill Katz. Now we have Bill Katz in studio. We just wanted to uh, start talking to you a little bit while we have time because we have a big show. How are you doing? How is the season for you? The Give us a lay of the land in the ice fishing accessories the, game. The, uh, God, the season was fantastic. We had uh, – uh, I'm still going. Still mm-hmm. going strong. Are you still making still covers? Making, yeah, because they're they're not going to stop making fish houses, right? So all, all the big uh, <clears throat> the big vendor or the big uh, manufacturers is who I yep. pretty much sell to, and uh, yeah, they're still all still all buying them strong. It's uh, it was a great season for those of our listeners that don't know who you are. Why don't you give us a, a brief rundown of Cats Covers? What you make? Cats Covers. It is a clear polycarbonate polycarbonate cover that fits over the holes in the, your drop-down fish house fish houses whether it be ice castle lodge yetis um and uh came up with it this was my 10-year anniversary came up with it 10 years ago and it all stemmed from let's see i had an ipod went down the hole i had a tv remote had my glasses and the whole thing stems i'm driving down the road thinking why isn't there something to protect your Stuff from going down a hole. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you can fish out of it. And, God, maybe we can make it strong enough to stand on just in case. Well, uh, the light bulb went off, and mm-hmm. I went home that night, made some demos, and and here I am 10 years later. Um, just been It's been going fantastic. I got a lot of, like I said, I've got a lot of vendors. It's uh, If you want to get to the website, it's catscovers.com, K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Come up with a, I got a new product this year. It's just slowly getting out there, but it's got, once it, once it hits, it's going to take off. Uh, We just got it into, uh, I did a top uh, secret or can you tell us? Well, no, no, it's drop it. It's not top secret. There's a few people that know about it. Now it's, that's my propane tank holder. Ooh. You know, so big problem, you know, just for the average guy, uh, runs out of propane out of his uh, grill, 
and uh, he's got to go get propane. Throws it in the back of the truck. That thing's flopping around. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with Matt, with Matt from Clam, and he's Johnson. Like, Matt Johnson. Yep. And he's like, Johnson? Bill. He says Johnson. the back of my truck is just destroyed by propane tanks. And what it is, it holds your propane tank right in place, and there's a little lip that comes down, and that lip sits right in where your tailgate goes. So when you shut the tailgate, it holds that tank holder. Oh, cool. And it, hold, um, it holds five-gallon buckets. And there was a guy at the Blaine Ice Fishing Show. We were looking at it, and he took it, and he turned it upside down, and it went in one of the manufactured holes for the fish houses into the fish hole buddy. All the slush coming up. Mm-hmm. It stays like a funnel and just stays right in there. So it's kind of a dual-purpose product nice. now. There you go. That's, that's awesome. That's working out really good. We did that, and then I uh, uh, did a uh, ice fishing tournament, a Take a Kids Fishing. Yeah, tell us about that one. That was uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, that was fantastic. I got to give a big shout-out to Dave Morin from uh, Local 9 Elevator Constructors and Mike Roger from uh, Clam and yeah. Ice Team. We've had him on a few times. We, we did a guy. fantastic job at this. We had uh, it, was, it was for everybody. It was sponsored by Local 9 and uh, the Union Sportsman's Alliance. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we had just tons of prizes for the kids. So when the kids came out, uh, each kid immediately got – a fishing pole, and then that uh, creative lure from Brian Kajawa. Yeah. So all the kids could paint their own lure if they wanted and use it for summer fishing. And uh, then after that, all the kids got little tickets, and they all got they got prizes from uh, augers to we had FLHs, we had Vexlars out there. Little eight-year-old kid won a brand-new FL8, and his eyes just lit up. That's great. Oh, it was fantastic. We had uh, some moms brought their girl and their kids out, and and it was a real good time out in East Rush. We're probably going to – definitely going to do it next year. Fantastic. Well, let's get to some shout-outs before break, and we have Tyler Webster on next from Birds, Booze, and Buds podcast. A couple of shout-outs. Craig Rudolph Jr. says, got back from Kansas, hanging out with my brother-in-law before he deploys. Uh, and Jesse Koskinibis has just packed up at the Deer Classic, had a great time talking with people and doing seminars. I'll be listening to you on the way home. Did Jesse do bear hunting seminars? Yeah, he was with Bear Sense, uh, so yeah. they do a lot of lures. But, yeah, he had his big uh, state record up there, and he did mm-hmm. uh, was talking to people in the booth, and I think he had at least one seminar each day. Nice. Well, it might have been a couple, but, yeah. Very nice. Um, other shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to my boss, Rob Rell, and Katie, who are driving back from Omaha. They had the late shift, so they're driving home tonight, and, and I took the early one, drove up Thursday, and got set up, but I know they're listening. I've been uh, doing this show for a long time, and Rob has uh, been my boss for six years, and he's like, is that a radio show or just a podcast? Or uh, <laughs> so you've never listened to your employees' show your entire my entire career. Nope. So thank you for listening. He's forced to because he's in the car. But uh, I love you, Rob, and I love you, Katie. Good job with that egg bake uh, that we Ooh. all scoffed in morning and night. So Ooh. nice. Shout out to you guys. Any other shout outs? We have a minute or two. I got a couple. I got uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, uh, John Bionstad's his 50th birthday today. Sorry I missed it, but uh, I had prior commitments with Bob. Yep. And then uh, good uh, another good friend of mine, uh, um, oh, 
just lost him. Real good friend. Real good friend. Steve <laughs> Real good Samson. Friend. No. Samson. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Scott Janiak with uh, JT Rods. Uh, Scooter J Rods. Sorry about that, Scott. Um, makes a, good, a real good rod. Uh, he's at the shows. Mm-hmm. We got the Lancaster Extravaganza coming up in September. He's going to be there, I know. He's got his booth. Uh, come on out and check out all the fun we're going to have at uh, Lancaster. Want to give a shout out to our new listeners, relatively new on AM 1300 WQPM and 95.9 WLKX. It's great to have you part of the Bob Network and welcome. For those of you who don't know, we're the Four Outdoorsmen, a Sunday night radio show. We don't know that much about anything, but we like to talk to people uh, who are into the sport because we're in the sport as fans. So um, thank you for listening. And up next, we have Tyler Webster from Birds, Booze, and Buds Podcast. You're listening to The Four Outdoorsmen, part of Bob Outdoors. We all know there are a lot of hard water fans out there, and you'd ice fish every day if you could. Sam here. I prefer sunshine, 70 degrees, sight fishing for panfish, or trolling for walleyes. And if you're like me, it's not too early to plan your trip for the opener to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Wait a second. There's no opener on Devil's. Walleye season is open 12 months a year, 24 hours a day. You can keep five a day, 10 in possession, and there's no slot limit. Devil's Lake, a fisherman's paradise. Check out devilsleknd.com. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove is your Hineker snowplow dealer. Hineker's quick hitch and trip edge systems makes removing snow easy. Made in Minnesota, Hineker plows are perfect for commercial or residential use. Have a bobcat? No problem. Hineker makes a plow for that too. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove also services all makes and models of plows and salt spreaders. Go to crystalwelding.com. Power Lodge and only Power Lodge has teamed up with Financial One for an incredible winter marine sales event. Pick out a qualifying boat or pontoon and there's no payments and free storage until April 2022. Let's get this straight. Pick out a boat now, no payments and free storage until April 2022. Make next summer incredible for you and your family. Go to Power Lodge right now in Ramsey, Brainerd or Onamia online at PowerLodge.com. Buy a voucher good for four people to jump for one hour at Air Max in St. Cloud. Test your abilities in the dodgeball court or foam pit. There's even a court for the littlest ones to jump with their parents. Only on DealsOnRadio.com. Deals on Radio. You know, I had so much fun watching Ryder, a 12-year-old, pulling three 28-inch-plus walleyes last year at Ballard's Resort. I have to go back. Jeff Jones here from the No Repeat Workday, and we are doing the Summer Walleye Connection again, July 3rd through the 6th, and I want you to come join me. But you got to make your deposit before April 1st. Call 218-634-1849 or go to MyBobCountry.com for more info and to sign up. Three nights lodging, two days guided fishing, and that includes all your meals, rods, reels, bait, tackle. you got to come with me to Ballard's Resort on Lake of the Woods this summer. 
summer. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, I earn real cash just for buying my gas. Crazy, right? What's the catch? No catch. Just buy your gas using the GetUpside app and get paid cash. Easiest decision I've made in a long time. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SMART for 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SMART to earn 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code SMART. All right, welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Uh, We have a special guest on the line. Now, I was at Pheasant Fest in Omaha, Nebraska for the last few days, and there seemed to be one guy that was a superstar. Everyone knew who he was. Everyone wanted to talk to him, and he even joined our live podcast with Travis Frank, the Flush Podcast. Tyler Webster, are you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Just driving down the highway on my way back from Omaha myself. All right. You're driving north now. You're originally from North Dakota, correct? Yeah, I'm from uh, northwest North Dakota, but I went to college in Fargo, and uh, that's where I'm getting to tonight. I'm about 50 miles outside of Fargo right now. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We got to spend a lot of time with you. I've, I've listened to your podcast before. I've heard your name. I know our host, Travis Frank, is a big fan of yours, and I had the pleasure of spending a few days with you. Uh, we did the live broadcast on Friday. Haven't really gotten to talk to you that much, but thank you so much for coming on. What are your first impressions of Pheasant Fest in Omaha? I thought it was a rousing success. I think there was uh, a lot of people that have been waiting for two years why everything, why the world's kind of been shut down. And, uh, boy, everybody showed up this weekend, and everybody was just happy to be there. And, uh, you know, talking to people, it, it just seemed like everybody was kind of happy. There was a weight lifted off of everybody's shoulders, and uh, it sure showed this weekend. How do you feel like what I love about Pheasant Fest is everyone, it seems like such a small, tight knit community and everyone knows each other. And a few like you are kind of rock stars amongst that group. What is newfound celebrityhood like for you? <laughs> well, you know, every time <laughs> well somebody put, comes walking up, put them on the line. Every time, somebody comes walk, every time somebody comes walking up to me and they know who I am, I kind of, I just, it kind of shocks me. It's like, okay. First of all, what are you doing listening to me? Uh, second of all, uh, like, I don't—I can't even tell them any stories because I've, I've said everything on the podcast already. So if I have, I tell them a story, they're like, "Oh yeah, we know that one." But uh, it's—it's it, 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 pretty fun. It really is. Can you—can you give us a brief background on how you started hunting and um, what made you decide to do the podcast? And then we'll—we'll we'll get into mo- some more details of how much you actually hunt. Sure. Yeah, I started, my grandpa got me into hunting when I was seven years old. I started actually carrying a gun, but I started going with him much before that. I started going basically as soon as I was able to walk. 
I've been, I mean, I've been hunting for, uh, this was my 30th hunting season this year. So uh, the pod, they didn't get it until 2017. Um, and it was really kind of a thought. I started listening to podcasts before that because I drive a lot for, for work. And I had a couple friends who were like, man, you should really kind of do that. You'd be pretty good at it. You got a lot of crazy stories. You, you like to travel and do stuff. And I just kind of started it on a whim. And now 240-some episodes later, um, I'm donating hunts to pheasants, uh, pheasants Forever for them to auction off. And I'm speaking on the stage at Pheasant Fest. And it's, I don't know how it happened, but uh, it, it, it's kind of fun. That's fantastic. I, I heard some great stories about you, and, and apologies. This this listenership, a lot of them like to hunt, but they're not probably the hardcores that you're used to talking to. But you have you have a great story, and it's entertaining. I like that uh, there is kind of a um, element of upland hunting that's kind of hoity-toity-ish, and uh, I think a lot of pheasant hunters don't connect with that, and you just seem like a normal dude that's into it. And not doing the super exotic stuff and just out enjoying it. What uh, do you feel like you connect with a certain kind of upland hunter? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can get along with everybody. I, I, yep. I think that I think there's room in this sport for every kind of hunter. Uh, whether it's a guy who likes to take his dog to a preserve and chase preserve birds, or if it's somebody new just coming into it, or if it is the guy that's a super hardcore hunter. But the new that I'm meeting are a lot more like me. They're a little bit younger on public land, and we're a little bit more focused on chasing more species than just pheasants. Uh, I mean, I love hunting pheasants. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, like I said, I'm from North Dakota. They're, they can just as well be our state bird, just like South Dakota. But, uh, you know, I like chasing huns and sharp tails and uh, prairie chickens in South Dakota and quail in Kansas and, and all the quail species in Arizona, as well as, as waterfowl and everything else. So um, I think that the more the younger people that are coming into it, and there's a lot of adult onset hunters that are coming into this, people that are in their 20s and 30s now that are actually have some of that expendable income, and they're coming into it with kind of like this, this new vigor where it's like, man, let's go out there and get after all these different things. And, uh, you know, we're not, um, we're not at that age where we have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to go to a preserve or to a big uh, expensive place in South Dakota or whatever. So, but what we do have at our disposal is an abundance of public land and organizations like Pheasants Forever that are actually putting a lot of money uh, on the ground in those places to help get uh, more and more birds there for us to actually go and chase around. And I think that that's kind of a lot of what people have started to connect with me in my podcast is, you know, I'm kind of the every guy hunter. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in fantastic shape. I don't, I don't have millions of dollars. I, you know, my dogs make as many mistakes as anybody else does, but I'm just stubborn enough to, uh, where I just won't quit until I actually get it done. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I heard, uh, an amazing story on our live flush podcast on Friday night, how many days, I don't think it's in a row, but how many days did you hunt last season? <laughs> well, it was almost in a row because there's not that many more days than that in a, in a, in a hunting season in general anyways. But uh, last year I, I, I hunted the most days I've ever hunted in my life. I hunted 136 days last year. Wow. I did 133 wow. the year before. Uh, and now this coming year, I'm actually going to even end up with more days in the field as long as I don't 
you know, tear an ACL or something, God forbid. But uh, I'm starting my next season in Alaska in August. So I'll actually add about an extra three weeks to that total. Wow. Um, for a lot of us that come up here in the north, our seasons don't don't get started until September, and they're usually done in uh, late December or January. So in the last six years, uh, come December, January, I'm packing up my truck, and I'm heading south either Kansas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, or I, my favorite state I've been spending a ton of time in is Arizona. And those seasons down there run through uh, through the middle of February. So it actually it's a nice way to extend your season out a little bit more. Now, I have a, I'm terribly interested in logistics here. You've hunted so many days. Are you? Uh, did you win the lottery, or are you uh, some kind of oil tycoon son? I mean, you claim you're blue collar here, but who on earth can you have mineral rights? Somewhere? Yeah, who on earth can hunt that much? Especially North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, well, well, I'll tell you, my accountant would, would wishes that I hunted about thirteen days. Um, like I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I have, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. Um, I'm lucky enough to, I, I got a small little business. I have a, a couple of mail contracts with the United States Postal Service, and I have a couple of great people that, that actually drive for me. So uh, this time of the year, I'm, I'm giving them all the days off they want, uh, keeping them employed, and then they're good enough that when hunting season gets here, they're, they're fine with me just taking off, leaving them alone, and just continuing to pay the bills. Fantastic! That, no, that that's awesome. Here, I have uh, my co-host Sam here has a question. Hey man, I got a quick question sure. for you. So obviously you've hunted everywhere. You said Arizona is your favorite state to be in recently, but if you could pick one like dream bird hunt um, that you could go on, what would it be? Well, I'm. It's the one that I'm planning for next year. Um, I've been thinking about. Uh, you know that old Johnny Horton song for a long time, North to Alaska. Up north and, uh, to Alaska. Been... Exactly, exactly right. <laughs> I was going to stick, but I didn't want to sound bad. So oh, that's my job. So we made one of. Uh, I have a, a very dear friend of mine who just retired uh, this last uh, this last August, and so we started talking about this a year and a half ago. He's like, you know, when I retire, I'd really like to go up and chase ptarmigan. And so I said, well, let's do it. I mean, because I want to go do it as well. Uh, we're road tripping from my place in North Dakota all the way up to Alaska. We're going to try to hunt ptarmigan uh, and then do some fishing for salmon and, and halibut. Then we're coming back down the coast. We're going to hunt mountain quail in Oregon and then hunt our ways back across Montana for what I started calling the Montana grouse clam. There's five species of grouse in Montana, fruit grouse, blue grouse, uh, rough grouse, sage grouse, and sharp-tailed grouse. And for the last three years, we've been doing that. But instead of coming from North Dakota and doing that, we're going to do it on our way back from Alaska, uh, roundabout way through Oregon. And then we're going to end at my place, opening day of sharp-tailed season uh, in September 10th. So, Tyler, how how do you plan for this trip, like, ammo-wise? Because, like, when I go pheasant hunting, me and Mark have been... There's a semi that follows him. Yeah, like, Mark and I have been pheasant hunting a handful of times together, and, like, you know, we blow through boxes like they're going out of style. Like, how, what do you, how many cases of... Who's, two questions. How many cases of ammo do you bring in, and what gauge are you shooting? Uh, yeah, I, I probably won't bring that many cases. I'll probably bring two cases. Uh, you know, in my experience... The upland guys, I would love to burn through cases of shells, but between limits and uh, and just and just 
not being able to actually kill that bird. Usually, like when I go down to Arizona, I was in Arizona for six weeks, and I only brought two cases of ammo, and I brought shells home. So ammo is not actually a problem. Uh, dog food, however, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many bags of dog food I'm going to need to bring for my three dogs. But um, so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to bring two gauges up there. I'm going to bring a 28 gauge, and I'm going to bring a nice. And that's all. That's all I'm going to shoot on the whole trip. Very cool, very cool. So I spent a lot of windshield time with Travis Frank, and I asked for a lot of dirt on you. I always do that with any guest. I, I want some good, crazy, funny, embarrassing stories. And he had the worst response ever. He goes, well, Tyler is the best shot that I've ever seen in my entire life, and Travis has hunted <laughs> with just about everyone in the Upland industry. So that is a big award, and it's not very embarrassing or or anything, but he said, tell the story of why you are uh, the, the best shot in the world, according to Travis Frank. Well, my, uh, my grandpa, the one who taught me, uh, he taught me from, from the time I started hunting until the time uh, he passed away when I was 18. Uh, if you're going to be one thing, it's going to be a good shot. So when I started hunting, it was with a single shot or 10. Me too. And he said, you're going to learn how to kill birds. Uh, you're, you're not going to upgrade. This is what you're shooting. You're going to you're going to learn how to hit these birds with this, and then after that, we're going to give you a different gun, and then a different gun. So I went from a single shot 410 to a single shot 20 gauge, and then I went to a pump 20 gauge. But he would only allow me to have two shells in it at one time instead of the three that, that normal people have. And he caught me one time with three shells in that gun, and he made me walk around for the whole day with no shells at all. Um, and then the day came when a covey of huns got up on Gary and Partridge, and I shot twice, and I killed three birds. And that night we went and we traded in that, that uh, pump 20-gauge for a semi-automatic 12-gauge. And that's what I shot for years after that until I got into my 30s when I kind of feel, realized that, you know what, it's, I, I do shoot pretty well. Travis is being generous. I may be the best swing shot in the world. Uh, but I, it's a little bit unfair for me to try to shoot these poor little birds at this point. So. <laughs> it's not unfair when you are like us and go about four times a year and get no practice. But I totally relate to the 410 thing. My first gun that I shot that was a shotgun was a 410 single shot. And I, my dad actually brought me trap shooting a lot with that. And uh, he would brag when he beat me when I had a single shot 410. <laughs> That's but, all you needed, though. But uh, I tried to keep up, and, and it's amazing – you know, if you learn to shoot in a tight pattern like that, how, how um, it comes naturally after you. So congrats to you for being such a great shot. We have a couple minutes here left. I, again, thanks so much for joining us on the road. Um, why, why do you like, we'll, we'll say two quick things. Why do you like uh, being involved with Pheasants Forever and uh, Pheasant Fest? And, and then um, tell all our listeners how to follow you or listen to your podcast. that you donate to them puts habitat on the ground and it doesn't matter if it's for pheasants uh huns quail obviously quail forever is a partner as well um what is good for a pheasant is also going to be good for sharp-tailed huns and, and many other kinds of kinds of birds and the quality of people over there i mean they're they're minnesota people it's where it was started and they're just fantastic people and I'm, i will do anything uh that i possibly can to help them out any chance i get uh, as far as following me, um, I'm on Instagram at Birds, Booze, and Buds Podcast. Uh, I'm also on YouTube. If you want to go and watch some of my, my uh, crazy videos, you should go to YouTube. And uh, as my buddy John O'Dell from the Arizona Game and Fish Department said, uh, 
I am the only person in the world who has ever put the words birds, foos, and buds together. So if you just type in birds and foo, the rest of it will autofill. Autofill, so sweet. Yes. Just, if, yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah, so if you want to go and check out some of those videos, those videos are pretty fun. You get to see my dogs, which are truly the only reason I'm successful with this at all. You're a marketing genius, Tyler. I have one quick story about Pheasant Fest. So we're all sitting there on our, on our tables, and they um, they raise a lot of money, and, and they're very good at uh, maximizing what they get to use for public lands. But they went with a very hard sell this time where they're like, everyone's sitting at a table, uh, you know, do this QR code, and then when you donate, stand up, and everyone can applaud you. Well, I was sitting at my table Everyone around me is standing up, and my phone did not work. And I'm not even joking. Like I was trying so hard, and I was getting so embarrassed. Everyone around me is standing up and cheering, and I'm sitting there like an idiot. And I'm like, man, everyone thinks I'm the cheapest guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, had a, I had a friend at my table who had the same thing happen. He went and he donated this morning, and uh, they were trying to do to guilt anybody, but it did kind of feel that way. For a <laughs> Well, you're smart. You're smart. Thanks for everything you do, and thanks for uh, joining Travis. I'm sure you'll be on the flush uh, next season probably, I think. And check out the Birds, Booze, and Buds podcast, and check out the Flush podcast where Tyler was a guest last week. Thank you so much. Drive safely, and I hope to see you soon and maybe hunt with you someday, okay? Yeah, thank you very much for having me on, guys. Happy to do it. Drive All safe, right. man. Thanks Drive safe. Lot. Thank you. Wow. All right, what a great guy. Up next, we have Rob Driesline. He's going to talk uh, with these two pros at sports shows about the Northwest Sports Show and the Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic. Up next on Bob FM. Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. We all know there are a lot of hard water fans out there, and you'd ice fish every day if you could. Sam here. I prefer sunshine, 70 degrees, sight fishing for panfish, or trolling for walleyes. And if you're like me, it's not too early to plan your trip for the opener to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Wait a second. There's no opener on Devil's. Walleye season is open 12 months a year, 24 hours a day. You can keep five a day, 10 in possession, and there's no slot limit. Devil's Lake, a fisherman's paradise. Check out devilslakemd.com. Call Dazeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional furnace repair at your West Metro or Wright County home. Dazeal knows the feeling when your furnace goes out during a cold winter day. If you have a unit that's ready to roll over, Dazeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dazeal's trucks are stocked to repair any furnace system and can get your house warm and cozy again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your furnace goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it is too late. DazealHVAC.com. Power Lodge and only Power Lodge has teamed up with Financial One for an incredible winter marine sales event. Pick out a qualifying boat or pontoon and there's no payments and free storage until April 2022. Let's get this straight. Pick out a boat now, no payments and free storage until April 2022. Make next summer incredible for you and your family. Go to Power Lodge right now in Ramsey, Brainerd or Onamia online at PowerLodge.com. 
Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, I earn real cash just for buying my gas. Crazy, right? What's the catch? No catch. Just buy your gas using the GetUpside app and get paid cash. Easiest decision I've made in a long time. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GIVE for 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code GIVE to earn 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code GIVE. Are you having problems hiring and retaining top talent? If you're an HR manager, recruiter, or small business owner, plan to attend a free two-hour seminar to help you hire and retain the best of the best. Hosted by Chris Stonick, president of Stonick Recruitment, a national radio recruitment and retention firm, Chris will open your eyes and ears to a better way to recruit and retain. Join Chris and Anoka at Greenhaven Golf Course and Banquet Center on Tuesday, March 22nd, in Waite Park at the Park Event Center on Wednesday, March 23rd, or in Medina at the Medina Entertainment Center on Thursday, March 24th. Space is limited, so your reservation is required. To reserve your seat and for information about this free seminar, call 763-412-GOLD. That's 763-412-GOLD. And we are back. Um, like we talked a little bit earlier in the show, uh, I had the privilege to go to both the Northwest Sports Show and the Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic, and I got to run into our good buesy, the owner of the Outdoor News, Rob Driesland. How you doing, my man? Very well. Yeah, it was good to see you, and uh, what a great weekend for, for sports shows. Perfect weather. Rob, now that you own the Outdoor News, do you walk around in like a tuxedo and stuff, or <laughs> what do you do? Do you, do you have like a... Like security or something? Yeah, I had to sign a waiver to even talk to him. Nice. <laughs> no, I tell you what, I was up to my uh, up to my elbows, working pretty hard, uh, you know, trying to push subscriptions and get to get to meet more people and talk to advertisers and find out what's going on out there in the industry. It was a lot of fun. I, I liked being at a show, kind of in that new role. I got to give your uh, one of the workers uh, credit. Um, I can't remember her name, but uh, I stopped at the Deer Classic uh, yesterday, and I was like, hey, is Rob going to be here today? And she goes, no, I think he's doing a seminar at the sports show, but do you want to renew? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, she went right to it. I was Hard like, sell. Good that for was, you. Uh, probably, probably Evie. Yeah, yeah that's Evie, who it yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, Evie's awesome. <laughs> but do you want to renew? I can get you a hat. <laughs> I was like, I already yeah, get it. It's awesome. <laughs> she's, she's great. Yeah, she's an awesome uh, employee. We're very lucky to have her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so why don't you give us a quick rundown of uh, what you uh, felt, you know, the, with the sports show, um, and give us an outside look at the Deer Classic as well. Well, I, I think uh, you know we got to take a positive view here. I mean, it was definitely a little different vibe at the sports show this year. But hey, you know, it was our first year back uh, after not having the event, uh, you know, because of COVID. Uh, you know, they, they did some things a little different this year that I think maybe threw it, uh, 
the vibe off a little bit. You know, they were they were there was no paper tickets. It was all it was all online. Uh, you had to buy tickets online, uh, digital tickets, and and you know, there's some older folks out there that just not everybody owns a smartphone. So I think on Thursday there was some grumbling about that. I know they they were offering. Yeah, you know, people could go and then purchase a ticket. I don't think it was, they were printing them out. I think you know, they, but but it got you in the door. So they, you know, they they figured that out. And uh, you know, I understand with labor issues out there. You know, you, they just were trying to probably avoid, uh, you know, having ticket sales uh, in in person. But you know, once once you got on the floor, uh, you, know, you could just kind of feel this release, right? I mean, a lot of people were really excited to be back together. A lot of kids were there uh, at the Northwest Sports Show. And, uh, you know, I, and you know, there were more boats on the floor than I expected to. I, you know, I thought they had pretty solid boat inventory on, on the one end of the, of the floor. I went down there today and asked how it's going. And, you know, I think there's this misnomer out there that, you know, there's no inventory, no inventory. We've been talking about that for so long. Well, it's not necessarily true anymore. I, I talked to a couple boat dealers. They're like, we've got inventory on our show floors right now uh, that we can sell. And, yeah, if you want something more custom, you might might need to wait. But, uh, this, some of these inventory things, I think, are getting a little better in the boating industry. So that uh, that was some good news that I that, that I took from the show today. Yeah. So you said there's more inventory. Did some of the major dealers uh, stick around? In I, you know, in the sports community, people are like, "Oh, all these dealers are pulling out." Did you see? Did you see them all there, or were there big like empty areas, that kind of thing? You know, I. I saw one area that was maybe kind of empty, but mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I went through there again this afternoon after you know uh, I spoke to Mark and, and uh, uh, you know went through there and there were a lot of boats. I, I would not describe it as <clears throat> as, a, as as empty at all. And in fact, I was I was surprised by how many how much inventory I saw on the floor there today. Did you what did you get a feel for the prices? Were were they reasonable or were they astronomical as far as boats? Well, somewhere in between. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, it's let's face it. Uh, you know, things are, are still tight, and it's going to be a while before boats and cars and ETVs and all these things. Uh, you know, when you know, when we have a glut on the market again, and, fo- and and dealers are willing to drop their prices. But I wouldn't say astronomical either, um, by any means. I, I think you know these operations are reputable businesses, and they understand that. Uh, you know. We, we got to be reasonable with people, I, and I think, and I think citizens out there, reasonable citizens, understand what's been going going on in the world the past couple of years, and they understand they're going to have to pay a little more. But no one wants to get ripped off either, and I, I don't think that's happening. Yeah, and I saw that too. You know, the first boat I looked at when I walked down there on Thursday was like a twenty-one foot Crestliner, and it was eighty-seven thousand. So it wasn't a good spot to start. Yeah. But then I I kind of browsed a little bit more, and there was definitely some affordable boats you know there right, it was yeah. on both sides of the spectrum but so thursday i was there how was the traffic um on friday and saturday and even today so i thought uh traffic friday was slower than i expected yesterday was good it you know it wasn't as busy as a as a an old school northwest sports show saturday by any means i thought today was maybe a little better than i expected i thought we were going to see like Thursday or Friday traffic, and I thought it was uh, fairly steady. I also thought people were maybe a little bit more in a buying mood today. I saw a lot of people uh, walking around holding, you know, rods from Reeds or Capras. Uh, it seemed like people were a, a little more willing to pull out the credit card and, and renew that uh, subscription to Outdoor News uh, today. Uh, and, you know, they were buying earlier you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday too. But I, it just seemed like you know maybe on the weekend, you know, and the weekend comes around, people are like, all right, if I'm going to spend, I got to do it now. 
So, um, yeah, I thought it was pretty solid traffic today, for sure. Hey, Rob, it, there's always a myth for those of us that attended sports shows our entire life that, I don't know if it's a myth or not, you tell me, is Sunday the day to go to buy things because the everyone doesn't want to load up their stuff like there's a rumor that hey if you wait you'll get everything for 50 percent off if you go around at <laughs> five o'clock on sunday is that is that true or is that just to uh bump up traffic on sunday well i i think it's it's a partial myth um you know let's face it especially right now when when inventory has been fairly tough the past year or 18 months any 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 materials, any, any inventory they have on the foot, they're going to take back to their shop and they're going to be able to sell it, right? It's, it's not like, you know, years ago when there was a lot of excess inventory and they really did want to push it and they didn't want to haul it back and forth. So, I, I, you know, if, 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 there was, if that ever was a myth, this is the year. Now, you know, at, the same time, at the same time, I'll tell you, you know, I was, everybody was walking by out the outdoor news booth. I was making sure they, you know, they had a copy of, of the paper or maybe a couple of copies from last week's also because I didn't want to haul them back. So, right. uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, got, I got a little first-hand knowledge there, yeah. Well, let's move on, move on to the Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic. Um, what did you think of the event at, at Canterbury, um, and what was the overall vibe down there? Uh, obviously, um, there was competition somewhat. Do you feel like a lot of people went to both, or was it uh, if and or – decision for people okay yeah well, there's so there's a lot there to kind of dissect first off i want to be clear outdoor news does not yep. own the deer and turkey yep. classic anymore eric my own said himself but mm-hmm. you know we still got a good rapport it's going to be a good symbiotic relationship going forward right uh, i went down i went down there friday and i was pleasantly surprised by the size of the size of the mm-hmm. crowd and i heard it was a good crowd all day friday i heard yesterday it was even more bigger uh, when i went and looked at the wall you know where we put up all the uh, the antlers that folks uh, register. I have never seen that wall that full at any deer and turkey classic in the past on a Saturday or Sunday, much less a Friday. I mean, people were coming in, they were lined up, and they were registering those antlers. Now, I think part of what's going on there is there was no show last year, right? <laughs> right, you got, right. You, you, got, you got two years' worth of deer that were taken that people want to get registered, and they want to, and they want to get... Uh, get scored so i you know that probably contributed to it but i I do also think that it's a pretty darn good show uh eric has done a fine job with that um anyone who knows eric knows he is a hardcore deer hunter and that show is a labor of love he loves looking at big big antlers and big racks and there's a lot of little nuances around that show that that's got eric's touch on it and i think he's you know He's kind of new to show promoting. He's been doing you know six seven years, but he's 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 attended a lot of shows over the years too. And I think he's put together a really great event. Uh, I heard nothing but positive comments about it. Uh, I, you know, I I did talk to a couple people today at the Northwest Sports Show who who did attend both events. Uh, they were very upbeat about the Deer Classic. Uh, when I was wandering around, I you know Pat Reeves, I walked by his. That was so loud, I didn't hear him. And he calls me and I'm like, "You just walked by my booth. What's wrong? You didn't even stop and say." I was like, "I'm sorry, Pat." You know, and I, I went running back. He gave me a big bear hug. I mean, there was just, there was just this broke, big positive family vibe there. So I'm, I'm pretty darn upbeat about how that Deer Classic went. Uh, yeah, I, I was there yesterday, Rob, and I, I said the same thing on how. Uh... It, it was very busy, um, and I think a little bit of that maybe you could touch on this too is maybe the the ease of parking, the the free parking, um, a really really nice establishment. 
um, you know, everything's kind of broken up a little bit. There's a couple different areas of the venue, but still it flowed, yeah. it flowed really well. Um, really, really, really good kids section where they could go yeah. catch a trout, shoot different arrow or different targets with a bow and arrow. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought the vibe was good too. I thought it was very positive. Um, and it, I, I was pleased to see people getting out and like you said, bringing in a lot of different, uh, antlers to get scored, whether it was sheds or whether it was deer. So I, I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Glenn Meyer, Eric's dad and, and Eric have always really emphasized kids and so that's they that's their personal touch they've got that great kids section and i don't think there's any doubt about it that that worked real well the parking the easy on off at the highway at canterbury you just can't beat it uh you know that minnesota river valley is full of deer hunters you've got a lot of people coming up for that you know that going back to the, the sports show i heard a little of that right i mean people not real thrilled about going to downtown minneapolis i definitely think you know, that was a factor. I personally think that's completely overblown. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, getting, yeah. in, getting in and out of downtown Minneapolis is not that difficult. It's easy parking. you got Skyway. Um, but it, nonetheless, it's it's definitely a factor. It exists. I, I don't think we can pretend it doesn't exist, given what's you know happened in Minneapolis the past 18 months. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. And, and I do know, maybe they're big talkers, but I do know a lot of outdoorsmen that aren't thrilled to go downtown Minneapolis for something just maybe out of principle, I guess. But, um, there is, there is a little resentment, I think, especially because they were so tough on COVID for so long. And then, uh, all the riots and, and, uh, defund police stuff, not to get political, but I, I think there is a little reservation. Um, but I hope that that turns around. Uh, Pheasants forever just announced that they're going to be back in Minneapolis next year for pheasant oh fest um so i hope that um things change things change and people are comfortable going down there because we all know that all these companies need need this kind of thing to work mm-hmm. if, if pheasant fest if they announce dates is that going to be in february is that going to be earlier it's president's weekend i think february 17th i believe okay. it is okay. so yeah. um well, that's, that's good i'm, I'm you know that was, that was we didn't talk about that but pheasant fest was in omaha this yep. weekend so we had three huge events on the same weekend yeah, um, kind of crazy. And, and and by the way, it's worth mentioning that that probably didn't help the Northwest Sports Show either. Right. Uh, the fact that it was supposed to be two weeks from now, and when did they change that? In November. It wasn't that long ago. So uh, I think that may have thrown a few people off too. I kind of said that to my uh, wife. Um, we were talking about that. How many shows around the same time? You know that Pheasants Fest is coming up. You think they would kind of collab? Like they would give each person or each you know show a free booth at their show to promote it and work together you know get together be like all right we'll pick this weekend you do this weekend you do that weekend we'll each give each other a booth at the show so you can promote your show i mean we're all outdoors when you think that right that would be a good idea just to collab but what do i know (laughs) well yeah i I hear what you're trying to mean, with with present fest in omaha that that really is a I mean, that's a long ways away. Yeah, so that yeah. really is a different market and a different user group. But uh, the, the way things aligned here with with the Northwest Pork Show and Deer Classic was unfortunate. I, I think a lot of people went to both, and I, I got to think Deer or uh, the Sports Show wants to stay where they are. Right? They moved it forward because the Auto Show used to always have this time frame at the convention center, and that's gone now. That's how that's how the State Fair looks like for for sure twenty twenty two, and I, I don't know what what they're doing beyond, but. I got to think the the sports show is going to want to keep this weekend. Fantastic. Well, Rob, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for joining us. Please, everyone, get your subscription to Outdoor News. It's quite simply the best outdoors resource that we use and and the only paper that I read at all uh, because I enjoy it so much. So thank you for the time and uh, keep up the good work. Okay, Rob? 
You bet. Yeah, OutdoorNews.com. Thanks, guys, for having me on. All Thanks, right. Rob. Thanks Have a good Rob. week. Bye, Rob. Well, that was a great show, guys. It went quickly. Thank you, Very Bill. Quick. What do you yeah. have uh, quickly? Do you have any big Are you going to catch some panfish before ice I'm going to uh, might go out either next weekend or the weekend after just to try and get some late ice. Got uh, some good contacts, hopefully. I have a big announcement for our listeners and our listeners only. Sam Oftedal, host of the Four Outdoorsman radio show, is hosting a concealed carry permit class at his residence. Yeah. So you, not only do you get to do a class, you get to meet. I bet you get an, would you give an autograph if they want an autograph? Oh, yeah. So if, what do they do, Sam, if they want to sign up for your class? And- and, you know, you might have to extend it a few days, you know, like yeah, four or five fine. in a row. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to do a uh, permit to carry class. Um, Bill Katz and a couple I'll of his uh, relatives. Two celebrities. Come, yeah. Um, maybe we'll set up a couple booths. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah, this Saturday about 2.30, you can reach out to um, the Four Outdoorsmen's Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, just Sam Oftedal. Um, you can find it through our pictures on Big Daddy Seven at yeah. Sam dot com. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, two thirty, uh sixty dollars. It includes ammo, the gun and everything, and we'll uh you can get your Minnesota permit to carry. And then following that I'll have a pampered chef party. <laughs> I was gonna jump in when you said you were gonna I was hosting. Uh, do people still do those pampered chefs? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Now yeah. it's uh it's Rodan and Fields and stuff like yeah. that. But uh but yeah, uh Shout out or shout out. Hit me up on uh, the the Facebook page or should I give my number out? I I wouldn't do that. Okay. Uh, reach out uh, via social media. You. Yeah. You must follow enough. the four outdoorsmen and then message us. And, yes. And give we cats, will get back give, to you. Give cats covers a like. We, we yeah. yeah. Give, while you're there, <laughs> give cats covers a like and share, uh, share, 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 and share it all. Thank you, everyone. Another great show. Um, how about Sam? Do you want to say it tonight? Sure. Take it away. Get outside and make some memories. Terrible. That was terrible. That was, you should have done it. That was pretty good.